following production is brought to you by Derek Lamont Enterprises, a subsidiary of LBM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash Unscripted Barista. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Patreon.com slash Derek Lamont Experience, and this is The Week in Gaming. How the hell are you guys doing? Hopefully everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday. I think uh, I had a, a pretty good one, I guess. Um, it was cool. Um, hope you guys enjoyed yours, though. Hope you uh, enjoyed some family football food and some gaming as well. Um, I definitely got... Well, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. We'll just say that. Uh, I'm going to jump right into the show. Um, number one, I want to start off by saying we are in the holiday season, and I know that I, um, last episode I gave you guys some information on some Black Friday deals. Hopefully you guys were able to take advantage of some of those, uh, last week. Uh, I know that there were a few that I had my eye on, so I'm hoping that you guys were able to take advantage of them. Starting things off with a story pertinent to that. Uh, this comes from VideoGamesChronicle.com. Xbox Series S was the Black was Black Friday's most popular console. It's claimed. Adobe uh, Analytics estimate that the $300 new gen console outsold its rivals this week. Microsoft's $300 Xbox Series S was the most popular console during Black Friday, according to Adobe's Digital Economy uh, Economy Index data, first highlighted by Business Insider. The cheaper S Series S sold out both PS5, Switch OLED model, and the more expensive Xbox Series X during the biggest holiday sale of the year. Adobe claims its data from uh, analyzing 1 trillion visits to retail sites in addition to surveying over 1,000 retailers on their most popular items. If accurate, a key element of the Series S's popularity is, like, popularity is likely that unlike the highly set after PlayStation 5 and Series X, Series S has been widely available to purchase during Black Friday week at the time of publishing. It's still in stock at many retailers. Series S was recently estimated to have outsold the more powerful Xbox Series X in several key markets during the console's first year. That's according to new data from Ampere Analytics, which which estimates that the digital-only console is outperforming the more powerful uh, Series X, partly due to supply constraints and component shortages. Microsoft's two-tier product strategy was a bold move at the launch of the Series generation. The less-powered Series S is coming into its own against the backdrop of component shortages and Xbox Series X supply constraints, wrote Ampere's Games Research Director Pierce Harding Rollins. Uh, the Series S console is significantly cheaper than the $500 Series X, thanks to lower specs than targeting 1440p gaming instead of native 4K. And it actually struggles to hit that, to be honest with you. According to Ampere, the success of the Series S is said to be having a significant impact on digital Xbox digital game sales when compared to the PlayStation 5, which still positions its disc-based model ahead of the digital-only SKU in retails. Microsoft's head of gaming, Phil Spencer, has previously said he expects the Xbox Series S to outsell the Series X over the course of the console generation. Here's the thing. Um, they're saying it's the most popular console at the time. Well, not exactly. It just was the one that was available. If there were Series S and PlayStation 5s available, they would have been definitely outselling the Series S. It's not the shit on the console. Again, um, my kid has one. She seems to enjoy it. She doesn't care about 4K gaming. Even though she has a 4K television, she could care less about 4K gaming and probably wouldn't know the difference, honestly. I would have to point it out to her. Um, I have a Series X. I have a PS5. I love them. Um, if I had the money and I was in the market for one over the Black Friday, I'd have definitely been looking for the more powerful ones. Thankfully, I have both. But again, so I get it. 
it's easy to say if you if you base it on analytics and things like that but the thing that everybody's forgetting is the other ones just weren't available mm. simply put they weren't available you can't buy something that's not there and that's why they talk about the supply constra uh, constraints and the shortages and things like that um i believe wholeheartedly when these consoles are more readily available that the, the sales numbers are going to go up truth be told we're already in the same position at this point in this generation the playstation 5 looks like it's outselling the series x two to one already so we're in that position um yeah i don't know i don't know what's going to happen with these consoles at some point i guess they're going to figure out the, the chip shortage but it seems that covid cases are rising again so we might end up in another another shutdown so who's to say what's going to happen with the series s series x and the playstation 5 digital and disc U. um i'll keep an eye on things for you guys as soon as i hear about any stock or anything like that i'll always report to you um it's always good to subscribe to if you're on twitter follow wario 64 and turn on notifications for that twitter account because they usually give out great stock details for the series x and playstation 5 my next story also comes from videogameschronicle.com Uncharted 4's PC and PS5 version removes multiplayer ratings, uh, multiplayer ratings board suggests. Uh, the byline says Legacy of Thieves may not feature online play from the PS4 game. Doesn't bother me. Uh, the upcoming PS, PC and PS5 collection, which contains Uncharted 4 and expansion The Lost Legacy, was announced in September, is set for release next year. While Uncharted 4 launched with a competitive multiplayer mode and later added a cooperative survival mode, both of which are accessible to Lost Legacy players, Legacy of Thieves' new ESRB classification states that the upcoming release has no interactive elements. Um, no release date, but Uncharted Film is coming in February, I think, so I would imagine it's, these are probably going to launch al alongside them. I'm looking at it right now, and I have a MacBook Pro, and it's in beautiful 4K, and even though I actually own both of these um, for my PlayStation 4 Pro... These look fucking good, and these definitely might be a PlayStation 5 purchase. Um, it's nothing... I may buy them. I may not immediately jump into them. Um, I never finished Ghost of Tsushima. I actually never finished Death Stranding either, and I need to actually f jump on those and uh, finish those, but I've played and completed both of these games, so it's no rush. But, I mean, the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Pro looked awesome, and looking at these games running on ps5 and pc this is insane it says early 2022 so i would have to imagine it's going to be around the same the time uh same time the uncharted film releases getting back to the story though according to the esrb's rating guide interactive elements include online features such as users uh, ability to interact with each other in contrast the board's uncharted 4 and the lost legacy collection uh legacy classifications both reference online interactions Excuse me, it's unclear why publisher Sony would choose not to include multiplayer with Uncharted Legacy of Thieves, but we've asked PlayStation for the comment on, e on the ESRB rating. To celebrate Uncharted 4's 5th anniversary in May, developer Naughty Dog released a list of stats about the game which said it attracted over 37 million players, including 13.3 million multiplayer users. Sony has said that Uncharted Legacy of Thieves will be released for PS5 in early 2022, while the PC version, which is being developed by Iron Galaxy, will arrive shortly after that. It's possible the game's release will be timed to coincide with the upcoming Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland as young treasure hunter Nathan Drake and Mark Wahlberg as his mentor Victor Sullivan. Following a six-month delay, the Uncharted film is scheduled for release on February 18th of 2022. 
Uh, Sony released the official Uncharted movie trailer last month. It includes a set piece inspired by Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception Stowaway Chapter, which sees the protagonist attempting to stop himself being ejected from a cargo's plane ramp door while engaging in mid-air combat. Everybody remembers that shot from the uh, from the game. Uh, the film does its best to recapture it, but we can do a lot more in video games than we can do in film without possibly hurting people, so I get it. Um, looking forward to this. And at first I was like, do I really need this? Because I have it, but I said the same thing about Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding. And I had to have the director's cut of those. Um, I'm not going to jump out and buy everything that they port from the PS4 to the PS5. Um, I didn't do it. With, I, I don't even think I downloaded the God of War uh, PS5 patch. And um, The Last of Us Part 2 was actually on my external hard drive on my PS5. I just unplugged it from my PS4 Pro and plugged it right into my PS5. So it's not sitting on the internal uh, PS5 hard drive. So any kind of bumps in resolution or anything like that, it's not getting. So I'm not going to do this for every game, but like the heavy hitters, games that I really, really enjoy, yeah, more than likely I'm going to. So I don't know. You guys know me. I love Uncharted. I love that series. So, um, you know, there's whispers that Uncharted may not be dead. Um, from my understanding, if it's actually happening, Naughty Dog will not be working on it. Sony's actually sourcing that to another studio under the PlayStation Studios umbrella. So we'll see. Next story comes from comicbook.com. I'm giving this to you guys because some of you seem to enjoy it. I'm not a fan of this series, but Half-Life 3 is rumored to be in the works once again at Valve Corporation. While this is a claim that has been made dozens of times over the better part of the past 15 years, following the release of Half-Life Alex in early 2020, uh, in early 2020, many fans found renewed hope that Half-Life 3 could one day end up coming about. And while it remains to be seen if the game will ever see the light of day, one well-regarded Valve insider has now made clear that the project is being worked on in some capacity. In a recent video from one Tyler McVicker, who is an often accurate insider when it comes to all things Valve, it was said that Half-Life 3 is currently being developed within Valve. There is a very minor group working on Half-Life 3 at this time of recording, McVicker said in a footnote comment during his aforementioned video. And while this news at face value might be enough to get fans extremely excited, McVicker cautions against this. Explaining more about this project as a whole, McVicker said that the size of the te that team that is supposedly working on Half-Life 3 is extremely small. Valve as a company is supposedly much more focused on projects such as the Steam Deck at this point in time, meaning that essentially no resources are being put into development team for Half-Life 3. In fact, McVicker also says the studio members who are working on this game will likely not be seen as Valve generating employees, meaning that higher-ups at the company could squash the project in due time. Interesting. This, this happens when somebody owns an IP and they're not too big on doing anything with it. It'll sit dormant. Unless somebody else tries to acquire it. And then, like, if it's a beloved franchise, whoever owns that IP can basically charge whatever they want. And I don't think Valve's giving up that IP, so we'll see. Uh, it has been well documented in the past that Valve is structured in such a way that it gives its employees the creative freedom to work on whatever they think would be beneficial. As such, development on Half-Life 3 is said to have been started internally multiple times over the, uh, the years before later fading out for one reason or another. Whether or not this new effort to develop Half-Life 3 will also come to an end in due time remains to be seen, but it sounds like we shouldn't get our hopes up just yet. Um, that will be our question of the week. If you're listening to this on uh, Spotify, that'll be the question of the week. Do you think Half-Life 3 will actually ever release, or have you given up on the game uh, coming out about entirely? Let me know. Either let us know. Um, 
there in the Spotify question of the week. Um, yeah, I'm not a Half-Life fan, so to be completely honest with you, the game could come or it could not. It's not going to bother me. It's not going to make me one iota of a difference. And it sucks. It Like, I hate to say it, but I'm just being completely truthful. That's why you guys listen to this show. Just saying. That's why you guys listen to this show. Um, don't know why that's taking so long to load. So, we're going to move on to our next story. This comes from our good friends over at Kotaku. Ocarina of Time's source code has been reverse engineered. Like Super Mario 64, this should lead to some interesting stuff. In 2019, the source code for Super Mario 64 was reverse engineered, leading to all kinds of wonderful mods and even ports to systems like the Dreamcast and PlayStation 2. And now it's Ocarina of Time's turn. As VGC reports, dozens of members of the team at Zelda 64 reverse engineering have, after two years spent on the project, painstakingly recreated the whole damn thing. I would love to see this. They told the site last night, Fig, who was notable, uh, who was a notable community member as well as a project lead, matched the last remaining function in the project. This means that all the compiled code in the game has been turned into human-readable C code. <sighs> Taking me back to college when we worked with C, uh, C++, Visual C++, and literally, I'm like, my anxiety is now going up. Like there were times where I thought about just saying fuck it because coding uh, in C was really, really tough. I'm not going to lie. And I, there's probably somebody listening like that guy's an idiot. It's not that hard. Fuck you. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. It was fucking hard. It was fucking hard. That was the hardest class I had in, in college. I'm not kidding. Not kidding. And I have a very, very good degree. Anyway, back to the uh, to the article. We thought for a time that we may, may never be able to match every function completely, so this is an incredibly exciting accomplishment. Uh, what's so impressive about these efforts is that nothing was stolen or leaked or pirated. These fans have simply rebuilt the game's the entire game's code. Excuse, uh, excuse me, albeit using modern coding language uh, languages from scratch, to the point where it function uh, it functionality performs identically to the original. This means there's an ex uh, expectation that technically they've done nothing illegal. How legally certain that is remains to be seen, but for reference, the reverse engineered Super Mario 64 code is still available at its source, despite Nintendo going after some projects that were built off that code. That legal shit kicks in when you start talking about assets and characters, so while the code itself is hoped to be safe from Nintendo's lawyers, the second you start adding anything on top of that code to make it look and sound like Ocarina of Time in a playable sense, you're definitely in trouble. Uh, not that threat of legal action from Nintendo has or ever will stop fans from doing this kind of work. While the team responsible for this reverse engineering feat have sworn off doing any further work other than refining their own code with their efforts out there now, it's only a matter of time before others pick it up. And that's what's going to happen. While your first thought in this case might be mods, one of the coolest things to come out of the Mario 64 reverse engineering project was a proper PC port which allowed for things like support for 4K and reshading. Um... My PC is down at the moment, so I'm pissed. It would be nice if this worked out and then got my PC up and running and could play Ocarina of Time in 4K. That would be awesome. Or, here's a thought, Nintendo. Instead of constantly shutting these people down, hire them. I remember when the first iPhone released and some kid cracked it. And Apple gave the kid a nice sum of money, like a fucking Hyundai Elantra, the top of the line one, and a job. All for cracking the code on the iPhone. That's what you do. Nintendo's like, no, we're just going to sue you. And that's why people really hate Nintendo sometimes. I still love Nintendo. Still love Nintendo. I've said it before. 
when it gets to this time of the year, the holidays to me feel like Nintendo because it reminds me of being a kid and playing video games. There's nostalgia in that brand. Super Mario Brothers is what really put me into, like, you know, my mom played a lot of Mrs. Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man and stuff like that. But what really set me off was, I played Pac-Man, but Super Mario Brothers made me a gamer. Super Mario Brothers and Zelda and Metroid and things like that. Those franchises made me a gamer, and a lot of people, it made them gamers. Nintendo just wants to squash any hope and dreams we have. If you guys can't crank out IP, and you it takes you a while to iterate on certain things, let some of these people build a fucking game. Let them give us a 4K Ocarina of Time. It's only going to sell, it's going to make you a shitload of money. And the fucked up part is they still don't understand that. But you guys know my stance on the good boys over in Nintendo of Japan. They're just stodgy old Japanese businessmen. And it just goes to show you when I'm right, I'm fucking right. And here we are in the position where I'm absolutely fucking right. So... I don't know. Um, to the guys, though, that reverse engineered that code, congratulations. That's no small feat. And I would love to see what it looks like running right now. And I'm actually going to check that out. Next story comes from the newscaravan.com. Bioshock 4 could show up at the Game Awards 2021, which is next week. I will recap the show, um, recap the awards show on next week's The Week in Gaming. But of course, again, that's December 9th. Bioshock 4 could be very close as a site has recently appeared announcing information for a probable game in the series coming soon according to some uh, even those uh, even these Game Awards 2021. We've already discussed on several occasions the arrival of a new product in the series even after the abandonment of Kevin Levine and the dissolution of Irrational Games, the original team. An event that seemed to have spelled the end for the brand still a small 2K supported studio is currently building a new game to the delight of all fans. Bioshock Infinite is actually my favorite. just want to throw that one out. That's the third one. After all, we are talking about one of the most loved and appreciated video game series of the last decade, with titles capable of touching in their own way an infinity of fields, from the world of art up to politics and instruction of society. Returning to the teaser that surfaced online by Bioshock 4, we refer to a site with only an image and a description on the screen coming soon, and the name Lighthouse in the URL, which should refer to one of the brand's most iconic projects. Given the scarcity of official information, we recommend, as usual, that you take this news just as a possible rumor, since there are no guarantees that this is an official site. There are also no certainties that even if the page was really created by 2K, that everything will then, will then really be launching during this conference uh, on December the 9th. On the other hand, however, the Game Awards are one of the most important video games-themed events of the year. For this troubled 2021 announcements or confirmations of games in progress, it would not surprise us to see the potential Bioshock 4, if that's the real name, on stage at the show. Uh, certainly, it would be a bomb of almost unthinkable levels because, as previously mentioned, the works of Irrational Games are among the most memorable interactive experiences in the history of our favorite media. Rapture and Columbia, they are in fact distorted models of uh, city and society, something that goes beyond simple narrative and that manages to teach a lot of players, a lot to the players as well, as well as paint a very credible and uh, cruel human race. Um, I like the Bioshock series. I was late to that party, but I really like that series. As I stated, Bioshock Infinite is my favorite game in the series. Um, be very interested to see what they're actually going to do with this. We do know that Bioshock 4 is 100% happening, though. Um, just wondering, are we going to get the reveal at the Game Awards? And then what else are we going to see at the Game Awards, right? 
Uh, Jeff Keighley's tweeting out he's definitely working on the show. We've seen pictures of the orchestra getting ready. Um, we know that there's going to be some game announcements and world premieres and stuff like that. It This is what we're here for, right? Um, they're going to hand out awards, but they're also going to you know talk about new games and stuff like that. If you remember correctly, the Game Awards 2019, Phil Spencer took the stage, and Jeff Keighley, when they went through rehearsals, he got up there and talked about Game Pass. So when Phil took the stage that night and they showed off the Series X, that was a shock for all of us. Jeff Keighley did not know that was coming, and it's his damn show. So who knows what Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo or whoever could have up their sleeve. There's rumor that there's going to be a big Sony IP being brought back from the dead and that the Game Awards is probably where we're going to see it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for the Game Awards. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what they do show. I don't know if anybody's going to go the Xbox route, but there are new, no new consoles to show off. Steam Deck we already knew about, and it got pushed back. So, unless Nintendo really does have a Switch Pro... That would be interesting, but knowing them, that's probably a no. My next story comes from IGN.com. Ubisoft hires former EA DICE head of design as new VP of editorial. Um, Ubisoft has announced that Mesmar is joining as the new vice president of editorial, an important team responsible for creative decisions across all of its major games and franchises. As previously reported, Mesmar comes to Ubisoft after serving as DICE's head of design on titles like Battlefield and Star Wars Battlefront. He joins other new editorial VPs like BioJade uh, Bio Adam Granger. Ubisoft's editorial has been a powerful force within the company and a flashpoint for Ubisoft employees as they work to improve their workplace conditions. One of the key criticism, criticisms has been that Ubisoft's editorial has had a lack of diversity despite overseeing all of the company's biggest games. Uh, of course, this is Fozzie Mincer. Uh, he was DICE's head of design. He worked on Battlefield and Star Wars Battlefront. He actually left the company following the launch of Battlefield 42, which was just last month. As reported by VGC, his departure was announced via an email sent to DICE's staff, and it revealed he had been planning to leave for some time once the studio's latest shooter has been shipped. Mesmar has served as DICE's head of design since 2019, a job he took after being Candy Crush developer, King, studio director, production, and game design. Um, this quote from Mesmar says, his official day was November 26th. It was an absolute pleasure to serve on the best design teams in the galaxy. Uh, the incredible design work that you do continues to inspire me every day. Thank you for putting some faith in me. I hope I didn't disappoint. I've been made an offer I couldn't refuse at another company that has been kind enough to wait for me until we have shipped Battlefield 2042. It was super important to me to be here with the team as we achieve this historical milestone. While Oscar, uh, this would be Oscar Gabrielson, studio GM, and myself have been discussing my succession plans for some time, and it will be, will be announced in due course. We opted to delay this communication until after the launch to keep the focus, rightfully so, on the game we've been putting a monumental amount of effort on. And again, his final day was November 26th, so that would have been Black Friday. Interestingly enough, a lot of people say Battlefield 2042 is really shitty. I was not interested in it the minute I found out there was no campaign. I'm sorry, I'm not paying full price for a half-baked game. And people don't understand that, and that's them. Uh, that's just the way I freaking feel. I'm not going, like, I'm not even going to complete, like, attempt to sugarcoat it. Um, an online-only game, like, really? I, I don't know. We're heading back to VideoGamesChronicle.com for my next story. Sony could be planning a PlayStation Mobile controller, patent suggests. It's a dual-stock 
uh, DualShock style designs shown in patent drawings, and those will be posted to the Patreon. Uh, the patent, which was published this week by SIE's Japanese division, describes a system for playing games on a device coupled with two controller grips. Reminds me of the backbone for the Xbox for Game Pass. The controller, which resembles PS4's DualShock rather than PS5's newer DualSense, is described as a left-side grip portion and the right-side grip portion gripped by the left and right hands of the users. According to the patent, the included drawings of the device omit a shaft portion that can be lift tilted by the user and detected the tilting direction and tilting amount of the shaft portion. Say that five times fast. If such a device comes to fruition, it could be used in conjunction with a smartphone to play PlayStation games via remote play or via the cloud, similar to how third-party controller grips can currently be used uh, to play streamed Xbox games. PlayStation controllers are already compatible with mobile devices via Bluetooth. The patent arrives amid a fresh push into mobile gaming by the PlayStation Maker. In October, SIE uh, appointed former Apple Arcade content boss Nicola Sebastiani to lead the company's mobile operations, following job ads that stated it was opening a new business unit to adapt its most popular franchises for mobile. The following month, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan confirmed the platform holder was planning to bring some of its iconic IP to mobile during its current business year ending in March of 2022. We've been thinking about how players enjoy our our content and have had some early success with experimenting with mobile games and apps to provide more choice to the gamers, he said. Mobile is just one of those areas we are exploring to reach millions of gamers beyond our platforms. PlayStation has a huge catalog of diverse first-party IP that can transition to smartphone gaming and complement our AAA games or live service games. We are exploring the mobile market with some wonderful PlayStation franchises, so please stay tuned. Recently, it was confirmed Excuse me, that PlayStation Classic Racing franchise Wipeout is returning in the form of a new mobile game. Set for for release on iOS and Android devices in early 2022, Wipeout Rush is a card-based racer featuring a single-player campaign and 60 ships from the original games. Um, yeah, it just reminds me, it looks like, yeah, you just stick a cell phone in it. Um, I don't know. I'm not really huge on this. I actually want a backbone just to try it out, but I want to be completely honest with you guys. I don't even play my Switch all that often, so chances of me playing this, I don't know. But I, people were asking me what I wanted for Christmas, and I definitely did say a backbone. I'm not going to lie. The cla- That's the thing where I'm excited for Microsoft to do stuff like this because of the cloud infrastructure where Sony doesn't exactly have that infrastructure. So, as much as I love my PlayStation 5 and I'm Team Blue, this is more of a thing for Microsoft to do because of the cloud. And that's just the way, that's the way I feel about that. Sony could iterate on it, on it on their own and it could turn out really, really good, but I'd have to see a lot before I jumped in there. And I've seen enough of Microsoft, the Xbox, Backbone, and all that stuff that, that I really want one of those. Next story comes from Hypebeast Gaming. CD Projekt Red has announced that those who currently own console versions of Cyberpunk will be receiving its next-gen update completely for free. Hallelujah. Uh, So I actually need to move that from the external hard drive from my Xbox One X that I plugged into my Xbox Series X. So I need to move it to the Series X's internal hard drive. So then I'll get the Xbox Series X version, I believe. Anyway. The news dropped shortly after the developer uh, confirmed in its quarter 3 2021 earnings report that the next-gen update for the highly controversial game is finally on track to release in early 2022 after being delayed from the end of 2021. So that's interesting. So yeah, I should go ahead and start moving that over. But yeah, that's really, really interesting. Um, We'll see how it pans out. I still don't have CD Projekt Red as a 
top tier developer in my opinion i just haven't seen them do anything like everybody loves the witcher well everybody but me i'll say that uh it, it did nothing for me and again i've told this story multiple times it cost me 11 bucks it was on sale in the microsoft store i pay 11 bucks for it so i'm not sweating it but to me it's just not a good game it's just not a good game but uh cyberpunk 2077 actually has a lot of potential but it was so buggy and broken that yeah the game needs to be fixed and then we gotta get the next gen version of it um it's just interesting that we're going into the second year of these consoles and a lot of games that should have been already available for them just aren't it's very very strange so i don't know keep your eyes on that also, from the good folks over at Nice Kicks, their Instagram, Fortnite, and Jumpman23 celebrate the return of the cool gray Air Jordan 11 with new outfits, emotes, and a new Jumpman zone in the Fortnite creative mode. Um, the Jordan 11 cool gray is the only of, well, not the only, because there's a lot of different Air Jordan 11 color variants now, and I think a lot of them are crap. I gen genuinely tend to stick with the OG colorways. The cool gray is the only, the cool gray and the gamma. I'm sorry, I, I still have my gammas. Those are the only two non-OG colorways that I really, really like. The cool gray is the only one I never got, and I'm really still pissed about that, and there's no way I'm going to be able to get those next month. It's a really, really sick shoe. And North Carolina just had a big win, the University of North Carolina, and they got gip, uh, gifted cool gray 11s. I just saw that, so... Yeah, the Jordan Zone, uh, the Jumpman Zone looks really, really cool. Again, it's just Fortnite with their licensing and things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, would love to get them, but the, the shitty thing is you can't just buy the cool grades. You have to buy, like, the whole, you know, pack, and I just don't need all that stuff, so I, I don't know. It'd be cool if you can get them without it, but you can't. Um... But yeah, that's available now. Um, if you're listening to this right now on Patreon.com, the Fortnite Chapter 2 Finale event um, should be starting in, within the hour or so. And if you're listening to this on the free feeds, obviously it's Monday or later. So I'm hoping you guys saw that. If you're listening now, like, I need to turn that on. Sorry, you missed it. Because <laughs> you guys don't. If you subscribe to the Patreon, you would have that. You would have had that information. So, I don't know. Uh, be interesting to see what they do with Chapter 3. Um, I think that maybe it's something they probably should have coincided with the Game Awards. Now that I think about it, push it back a week. Push it to next Friday. And then let just go up there. Uh, let Jeff Keighley let you on stage. And then you show off a new island. Whatever you're going to do with the island. Because after um, Chapter 1, they blew up the island. And then it was like black for like a full day and then chapter two and that's when i really really got into it was with chapter two so should be interesting to see what they do um this next time around and then lastly this is something i've been talking about since the release of the game uh rockstar games did put out information that there's been a support patch for the grand theft auto trilogy the definitive edition uh title update notes uh 1.0.3 for playstation 5 playstation 4 xbox series x and x uh, S, I'm sorry, Xbox Series S and X, Xbox One and PC. Uh, this is as of November 30th. General stability improvements added the cin cinematic camera, which can be toggled by cycling through the camera modes when in the game. 
fix the number of misspellings on texture art and signage, fix the number of instances where rain would appear indoors during cutscenes. Crazy, didn't see those. Um, Grand Theft Auto 3, there's quite a huge amount of patches for all three games. Um, yeah, this is crazy. Xbox One, for example, fixed an issue where the game would not respond for several seconds after exiting certain interiors. That's really, really fucking terrible. Um, so, GTA 3, GTA Vice City, and GTA San Andreas all have crazy patch notes. So, I actually put the link to that in the episode uh, details if you're listening to this on the free feeds or on um, YouTube. And then if you're on the Patreon, I will post the link as well. So yeah, that's the show for this week. Um, uh, again, I'm really looking forward to the Game Awards. I hope you guys voted. I definitely voted. I, I take place every year. Um, I was a few days late getting my votes in, but I definitely voted this year. And I, I'm hoping for a really, really good show. And I'm hoping we're going to see a lot of really, really cool fucking announcements and stuff like that. I cannot wait. It's uh, just the beginning. It's part of the holiday season at this point. I think that Jeff Keighley is doing a great job, and I salute him for this show and all the things that he's done for the gaming community. So I don't know. Um, I will be back to recap the show on next week's episode. Again, I hope you guys are all doing well. Again, as I stated, COVID cases are rising again, unfortunately. Um, You guys wear your masks. Be safe. Uh, We may be headed for another lockdown, so just be responsible, be safe, and be mature and things like that. uh, Enjoy your time. Have yourself a great day. Uh, Be humble. Believe in yourself first and foremost because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. As always, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. I am out of here. Peace out.